right, well, welcome to United Way of Central Ohio's podcast, 360. I'm Kermit Whitfield, and I'm here with our new uh, president and CEO, Lisa Cordes. And uh, Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you on board. Uh, you have been uh, in the midst of a listening tour since you've uh, started as a president and CEO a little while ago. And uh, I'm wondering, well, what are you hearing? It has been an honor to have... Uh, a good three to four months uh, on this listening tour. And I have met with um, CEOs of nonprofits. We have um, within our funding portfolio, we have 39 what we call funded partners. And so I've met with each of those CEOs. I've met with and continue to meet with uh, public officials and um, our our donors, uh, particularly donors that are in our Tocqueville Society, which means that they have given at least $10,000 as an annual contribution. And I am um, meeting with each staff member for at least 30 minutes, and I've almost completed that. I'm now up to the whys. (laughs) (laughs) So I've learned a lot, and uh, I'm seeing trends in the information, um, I'm being educated. I'm learning about the history of the organization. But I do feel like I'm at an advantage in that I've been a partner with the organization for 20 years. So it's fun to have this vantage point, which is a different one, but I also know the acronyms. And most everyone that I've sat down with, I have met before, or I have a working relationship with them, which makes me even more excited to be in this role that I feel like I can hit the ground running in a different way than had I been from out of the community. Yeah. So, so United Way has been in this community for many decades, obviously, and has played many different roles over time. Uh, when you think about United Way and you think about uh, taking on the responsibility of leading the organization and really you know, helping this team move forward, what are the key things that you, you think about that the, the role that United Way plays in our community and its importance? Right. So one of the reasons I was attracted to the role um, was, you know, having spent 14 years at the Columbus Foundation, I recognized, um, you know, I learned so much about the significant community need that we have um, and the great amount of philanthropy and the potential for philanthropic investments that are undertapped. And I had seen, you know, clearly the Columbus Foundation is significant in that space, but I also saw the United Way as, um, you know, a, a very strong organization that had a unique platform, um, unlike any other platforms, really, for convening and um, bringing people together to solve community problems. And it's, 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 for me, it's unique in that it really represents the democratization of philanthropy in that contributors are giving at every level, and they're from all different walks of life. So that's very different than a private foundation giving or a community foundation giving. Um, so it it's really inspiring to me to think that we can aggregate the investments of the $20 gift as well as the million-dollar gift and work together to solve poverty. That's great. That's a great way to put it, the democratization of it, because, of course, United Way has been based on those 80,000-plus donors who are all giving, as you say, at, at very different levels. So now the singular mission of United Way of Central Ohio is fighting poverty Mm -hmm. Um, and bringing that power to bear, the power of that organization, the power of those 80,000 plus donors to Mm -hmm. bear to fight poverty. Talk a little bit about, talk a little bit about that and and what you think of when you think of United Way and fighting poverty. 
So I feel that um, I've invested my 30-year career in working with people in poverty. And what I like about coming here and the board already saying that we fight poverty is that they're calling it out. So while I ran a school for children with special needs, well, the majority of whom lived in poverty, um, where I worked with women who were coming off of welfare, they were living in poverty. My work has always been about poverty, but I love that we're lifted up and we're using the language that poverty is significant in our community, and we're going to fight it. And so I like that concise message um, and the, the total commitment for, from the organization to call it what it is, to embrace it, and to develop the best strategies we can for reducing it. That's a compelling mission when you think about it. I mean, it's, it's also a daunting mission, right? I mean, poverty has been around for a long time, and it's, and it's, and it's difficult to get at. Uh, so I think moving forward, we're going to have we're going to have a lot to do in that space. I want to change gears for a second, and I know that you've done a lot of work in the past in the neighborhood space, mm-hmm. and you're just talking about poverty and your work across your career in, in poverty. Um, United Way has a long history of working with neighborhoods as well, and right now we're working uh, primarily in the priority neighborhoods of South Linden and the South Side. And I know a lot of exciting things are in the works and, and coming forward, and I think we're going to be talking in future podcasts about that. But I'm wondering, if you can put it in your perspective and your experience, talk a little bit about um, our work in the neighborhoods, the importance of uh, resident empowerment, which has been a, a keystone for United Way's work, and also, I think, a keystone for some of the work that you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. So place-based grant-making is the what we call it in, in the office. And in, in the field of philanthropy, it's called place-based grant-making. And it, it's a trend in philanthropy, but it's also the way we've organized our community, um, the, the way in which Columbus organizes its work and its and, and its impact right now, like never before, I believe, or at least in my lifetime in Columbus. So we really think of our community in, in, in neighborhoods different than we used to, I think. And we're organizing our interventions to help people in poverty around neighborhoods. So 20 years ago, we might have said we're going to work with children under the age of three because they need intervention. Well, now we look at it and we say, we're going to look at these eight neighborhoods or these six neighborhoods because they have the greatest number of children who are under three, as an example. So this organizing principles, I think, has served our community really well. And, of course, Southside and Linden are two areas of great need. Uh, so I'm really pleased that th- these were selected before I came on board, but I've no uh, and I've worked in both those neighborhoods, and I'm really pleased that we've selected them. And um, I, from my experience, what has worked best and is certainly a guiding principle for United Way is that we work along with the residents of neighborhoods. So the last thing that we want to do or any funder or uh, civic leader wants to do is to tell a neighborhood who they should be or what they should become. But rather, we join with them and learn from them about how we can support their efforts to make their community stronger, because they'll define strength in a different way. And each neighborhood has a different uh, has different characteristics and different priorities. So we, we're going alongside, walking alongside of uh, residents in the South Side and in Linden. On the South Side, probably has a little more traction in terms of Nationwide Children's Hospital has been a big player, and so uh, we're farther along in our work there. And Linden is at a new stage of uh, planning and development as a priority neighborhood for the mayor, 
and both neighborhoods are priority for the mayor in terms of infant mortality. Um, so we're at the planning stage at Linden, so it's nice uh, to be to have a seat at that table, investing thought leadership as well as financial resources to help that plan come to bear. That's great. Um, I know that you have been deeply involved in the revitalization of Wineland Park, uh, and I'm sure you'll be drawing on those experiences as you look to help lead uh, United Way's work in the neighborhoods. Can you talk a little bit about that experience in Wineland Park and, and some of the lessons you think we can draw from that as we move forward? Yes. So, uh, for almost 10 years, I chaired what was known as the Wyland Park Collaborative, which was an organization of 30 representatives that included neighborhood residents, funders, academic leaders from the university, city officials that worked collectively to um, support residents in the neighborhood uh, to improve the community. And it had significant success. And uh, and um, United Way was certainly a great partner in that work as well. I learned the path. For me, it was the most powerful experience in my career because I truly experienced the um, the power of convening and the power of people working together. And it was a very organic process where there was not uh, – it was really egoless. It seemed like – for the 10 years we did this work, all parties were in it for the right reason, and that was to support residents in the neighborhood. Uh, so it was a really remarkable experience. And United Way, during that time, did a great job of pulling together representatives from the various neighborhood collaboratives across the city where we could learn from each other. And we're really excited to continue in that space. So we have six neighborhood representatives um, together, and we talk about what's working in your re- revitalization plan or what isn't working and how can we learn from each other. And so things like neighborhood repair, uh, home repair program, safety initiatives, programs for youth, um, all were learned from each other. And we just wanted to take the best ideas that were working somewhere else and incorporate in our work or share something that's not working with another neighborhood and say, beware, this is not working here. And um, there's a lot of collaboration across the city. So I learned about the – that was probably one of the greatest lessons I learned. So, you know, broadening out uh, a little bit beyond the uh, the, the specific neighborhoods we were talking about, you know, a lot of times we talk at United Way about the fact that uh, poverty has a significant effect, not just on the – particular neighborhoods, but on everybody. And that's one of the messages that we talk to potential donors and and current United Way family members about. And I'm wondering, could you offer a couple of thoughts on the idea of the kind of tale of two cities of Columbus uh, and central Ohio, of the one sort of uh, thriving and unemployment is low, but on the other hand, we do have this poverty issue and how we can work together to make that better. Right. So for me, it's about educating people and alerting people to the need. So I feel really strongly that, as you said, A Tale of Two Cities, that many of us who are fortunate not to live in poverty in our day-to-day lives don't see poverty. And so if I were to leave my office and go home and go to the grocery store or go to my children's school, I don't see poverty. There's such a need in our community. So I'm concerned about that. So we have, um, as many people know, one in three of us are living at 200% of poverty or below. 
So that's a lot of people, and that negatively impacts our economy. We think about our economy being strong now, but what if those 400,000 people had more earning power? It would be significant for our economy, and we would be that much stronger. You know, our school system is in great... uh, it, it, It has so many challenges, and if we continue to let that go, we now have maybe... In some schools, 50% of the kids who enter in the ninth grade aren't graduating. They're not finishing school in the 12th grade. And the impact on our economy and our workforce uh, is significant. And I also am really concerned about the future of work as I think about our work in poverty. And with automation, uh, we are going to have so many people who are at risk of being displaced from their jobs. You know, they say at a certain point, in the very near future, there'll be a, a million truck drivers that will lose their jobs. Mm. So if we're not ahead of this, we're going to have even more people living in poverty. And the gap between the haves and the have-nots will be that much more significant. And it's really frightening to me. That's a compelling message. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It's really been a pleasure to have you on and to hear your thoughts. And I'm sure we will have you on again at some point in the future. Thanks for being here. Kermit, thank you so much. And I hope I'm here for a very long time and do lots of podcasts in the future. Great. And thanks to everybody that uh, tuned in for the uh, podcast here. Remember, you can get it on iTunes or SoundCloud. And uh, try to go in and rate it because that helps other people find the podcast. Uh, For 360 United Way of Central Ohio's podcast, this is Kermit Whitfield.